Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for another Excuse You Moment with Lady T. Today I'll be talking about uh, being thankful. Being thankful. I want to share a portion of scripture with you that will um, give you some context around what I am about to share with you today. And I really pray today's podcast will be one that's thought-provoking and challenging at the same time, okay? Uh, It's it's meant to cause you to think and um, provoke you to change, okay? So here uh, is a familiar passage of scripture, or for some, not so familiar, um, but I'm sure you've heard reference to it um, throughout your lives, in church or even you know growing up we take a lot of uh, stories from the bible and we use it in secular um or non-church let me say that non-church environments so um just for some background and foundation i just want to share with you briefly this story about jesus healing 10 men with leprosy this is found in luke chapter 17 uh, verses 11 through through 19 right so here's the story jesus is on his way to jerusalem right he's traveling between samaria and galilee he's going to this village and there's two ten men ten men ten men that had leprosy and the ten men that had leprosy they met him they stood at a distance and they called out to him in a loud voice jesus master have pity on us And when Jesus, the scripture says, when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Okay, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. But here's what I really want to focus on. uh, This part of the story where it says one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God. In a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And the scripture says, and he was a Samaritan. Okay, a Samaritans, um, they're like, um, they they were considered dogs of society. Okay, the lower class of the society. So that was significant when he said, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked him and says, "Was it ten? Wasn't wasn't it ten of y'all?" that were cleansed where's the other nine where, where, you know it was 10 of y'all I know but where's the other nine and he then begins to say has no one come back to give me praise except this foreigner then he said to him the foreigner the Samaritan rise and go your faith has made you well so, um, before I get into the, the, the depth of that meaning, I just want to share with you how um, you guys all know by now, I have a seven-year-old, his name is Drew. <laughs> um, so he's, you know, where he's homeschooling and going to school virtually from home. I'm working from home. And that poses its challenge all in of itself, as uh, many of you who may be you know, working from home and have children that are attending virtually, know the challenges, right? Um, you have become the pseudo teacher. You have become uh, the nurse. You have become 
the lunch lady. Come on, you have become the friend, right? Because you have to kind of help them through this whole adjustment period. And so it requires, you know, you being flexible. It's not their fault. They're children. They really don't understand the gravity of things. But nonetheless, you still haven't have a job to do, right? But um, so that, you know, has its own complexities in of itself. So this particular day, he was like, you know, I'm hungry. I would like to have lunch. And so I'm like, okay, let's go make you some lunch. And so um, Drew loves tacos. Like if he could eat tacos every day, he would eat tacos every day. And so um, he, I, I'm, you know, I begin to tell him like, you know, there is no more, you know, taco meat. And he was like, oh no, there's some, he found some in the refrigerator. So I got to explain to you, he calls taco meat brown meat, okay? We use ground turkey, and um, my daughter, Danae, usually seasons it really well. She makes his tacos. He likes her tacos, um, but she wasn't there, okay? So I'm here. So I began to uh, get the brown meat. Well, she had made some ground turkey, but it wasn't for him. It was for her, so it wasn't seasoned just yet, and it didn't really have the brown color. It was more grayish brown. And so he takes the meat out and he's like, why does it look brown? I mean, why does it look gray? Like, this is a brown meat. And I begin to explain, you know, well, you know, she hadn't seasoned it yet. Does It hasn't taken on a color yet. She didn't brown it. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, season it for you. And then he doesn't like soft tacos. He likes hard tacos. So, you know, we're looking for the hard tacos, and I don't think we have any. So he found them in the pantry, and um, he found a new box of hard tacos. And then I found on the counter hidden somewhere on the island um, a box of opened uh, that had been used before hard taco shells. So anyway, so, you know, I tell him, oh, we can use these. These are already open. And he's like, no, I think they're stale. I don't want the stale ones. And so I test them out and I bite them to make sure they're not stale. I'm like, they're not stale. We're going to use these. And he's like, do we have any cheese? I'm like, we have cheese. And so I get, he gets the cheese. And then he's like, you know, are you going to add, um, the brown meat are you going to cook it and make it like Danae's and are you going to add it on the hard taco and are you going to put the cheese on it and so he's you know he's giving me all of these you know ways how he wants things now mind you you know I have a half an hour lunch so I'm trying to accommodate him and I go through these lengths of you know now I got to cook the meat I got to season it flavor it you know then I have to get the taco I taste the taco make sure the taco's not stale then I have to find the cheese he likes the Mexican blend cheese so you know I'm you know it's just a whole event here so suffice to say I finished making his taco and um I played it for him and I'm like okay how many you want he's like I want three I'm like okay here's your tacos and he you know I'm like, thank you. And he looks at me and he's like, what? I'm like, excuse you? Thank you. So he's looking at me in all amazement. Like, well, what? kind of like, well, why do I have to say thank you? Because, you know, I have to eat lunch. You know, I have like, he's like, I got to eat. Like, you got to make me something to eat. And I'm like, well, true enough. But it's something called manners. Please and thank you is manners. 
right? That's telling the person that's done something for you, even though I'm required, come on, even though I'm required as your parent to do it for you. I mean, just sideboard. Some people just don't do anything for their children. That's another podcast. But even though I'm your parent, and yes, I'm required to feed you, provide shelter and take care of you, make sure you go to school. You know, those are some basic things that parents are required to do, love them and all that. But at the end of the day, I shared with him, even though I am required to, I don't have to quotation, open quotation, close quotation. Right. And just because I did, it's a nice thing to tell to say thank you because it shows that you have manners. You know how to act and have some behavioral people do things for you. They don't have to. And if you don't learn now to say thank you, even with me and your father and people in the house for basic things that you need, like food, you will go outside and just do the same thing. And secondly, it lets a person that's doing something for, you know, that you appreciate their time and their effort. And you know what? That lets them know next time I'll be more, you know, inclined to do something for you come on you know we and I have to make sure that I don't you know we have enough entitled people in this world so I cannot allow my son to grow up to feel that he's entitled even if it's something but the bare necessities that he feels that he's entitled just because I'm mom whether you feel that I should or not thank you goes a long way come on nobody likes ungratefulness now let's go back to the text here we have Jesus Savior of the world, the Lamb of God, God in the flesh, coming down, walking amongst men on this earth, 33 years, turning stuff upside down, healing blind eyes, raising from the dead. Come on, causing the winds and the waves to obey, rebuking and casting out demons. Come on, everywhere he went. He made things better. So here we have the story of these 10 men who, well, let me not say men, 10 people who were, who had leprosy. For those of you who may not know, leprosy is a disease that affects your skin. It's like a really, really bad skin infectious disease and there was no cure for it. Now, was it only just a skin disease and infection that caused your um, skin to get all drawn up and flaky and it was painful. I mean, I'm not even doing a get a good service trying to explain it. I encourage you to go look at some pictures. If you type in leprosy, pull up some images, really, really grotesque things it did to you. And it also ate away at your nerves and it caused you to lose limbs. So as a result of them being leprous and uh, they were outcasts in society because there was no disease, they were deemed unclean because they had no cure for it. And because of their their physical appearance and the fact that according to ceremonial law in the Old Testament, they were not to be amongst society. Come on. Can you imagine that now you not only have a physical challenge that's causing you pain. Now you have to deal with the psychological, emotional uh, uh, issues that come along with that. I can't be with my family. I can't worship. I can't work. I am relegated to some part of society with other like minded people, other people with the same issues. And so now I have to live on the outskirts of the world and of society. And I'm just considered less than nothing. And you think about that today. We do that to people if they are, you know, um, 
homeless or, you know, whatever issues they may have, we, you know, we kind of castigate them from society and make them feel like you're not worth anything. We'll drive by them. We'll turn our nose up at them. It's like, don't touch me ill. Get away. Like, oh my God, why are they asking for money? Why they smell? You know, we, we make them feel the same way just to give you some, trying to give you, you know, a picture of what that felt like. So as a result, they had, they couldn't come close to Jesus. No doubt. Obviously they heard about him. They knew he was performing miracles. They knew he was the one and the only one that can cure him. Could you imagine being so sick, so broken, so wounded? I mean, you imagine the mental challenges they had to experience, the level of depression and depravity that they had to live with from day to day today from year to year to year with no 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 sight of of healing no healing in sight no cure no answer separated from the ones that love you separated from worship separated from working separated from providing for themselves they have been the, called the the outcasts of society and no one could deal with them and definitely not in a, within a certain amount of distance. That's like what we're dealing now, right? COVID has almost become a leprosy in today's society. The only thing is that we don't see it. Leprosy, you saw it. You saw it on them. We, we don't know you have COVID unless you tell us. But once you are social distancing, get away, six feet, 12 feet, we got to quarantine you, right? Until you have been cleared with the uh, cleared by being tested numerous times by being cleared and saying you are no longer positive, you are negative. Okay, so these lepers they hear G they Jesus is coming into town, and um, as they as he's coming into town and he's walking, they stood at a distance because they had to, they couldn't get within a certain feet of him because that was the law. They call out to him. Come on, when you are so, when you are so sick, when you are so sick and you are so wounded and you are so um, um, left to your own devices and left on your own, you will get to a point where you are desperate. You are desperate that you will call out to God. The scripture didn't say that they, you know, ask him. It says they cried out in a loud voice. Jesus. Master, they understood his rank, they understood his authority. Have pity on us. All of them, 10 of them, all together, they probably no doubt had a conversation and was like, oh my God, look at him. Do you see him? Do you see him? I'm just thinking in my Holy Ghost imagination, not adding anything to the text. I'm just trying to put it, give some color in my own thought about, I would imagine if I'm some somebody um, who's been living on the outskirts of land and you see somebody's into town and you heard about them and you just know that they are the only way out. They are your only answer. They're the only way of redemption. They're the only way that you can get some semblance of life again you are going to make sure that you get their attention and so they cry out to him and being Jesus being the lover of our souls being the one who's touched with the feeling of our firmities he didn't care what they came from he didn't you know by no doubt he know all things he didn't question them he just said go show yourself to the priest and the scripture says, as they went, they were cleansed. Go show yourself to the priest. That was a, a, a statement that meant in the um, 
the priests had the ability to say they weren't the ones that would just diagnose you. They had the ability to say, okay, you can enter back in society. They were the social checkers of the day, right? Because they deemed you unclean and that meant you cannot be amongst society, but they also have the authority to deem you um, now you're clean. So the scripture says as they went to go show themselves to the priests, they were cleansed. So the priests, you know, was a, that was an awesome testimony for him. How you got that was a miracle. He testified to Jesus's healing power because when they went to him, mind you, he knew all of those who were unclean. So when they're coming back to him and now they see that they're cleansed, how did this happen? So, again, that's a testimony to what Jesus and only Jesus could do. But here's where it gets real interesting. Out of all of those who went, one came back. One came back and told him, thank you. And so Jesus is like, wait a minute, wait, wait, where's the other ones that? Didn't I heal 10 of y'all? Didn't I save your whole family? Didn't I deliver y'all from sickness and disease? Ain't I the one that told y'all to go, go, go show yourself to the priest? Where, where, where's the rest? And the scripture says, and he was a Samaritan. He was a foreigner. He wasn't even of the Jewish lineage. Sometimes we as people, People of God, people of the world, we can be so entitled. We wake up and we inhale and we exhale as if we. Yeah, we understand the whole process of photosynthesis and we understand the whole process of, you know, leaves giving us oxygen and, you know, all of that stuff. I hope I said the right thing. Photosynthesis. I don't know if that was the right word, but anyway, you get my point. How the, the leaves and stuff, plants make oxygen and we breathe it in. And you know how this whole circle of life, how it happens and air pollution and all the things that we take for granted. We get up, we inhale, we exhale. We just expect the sun to shine. If it's not shining, we, it's raining. We know why it's not shining. We just expect, amen, to walk out of our houses, get in our cars, drive where we're supposed to go and get there safely in return. We just expect, amen, things to work. We just expect life um, to go the way it should. And when it's disrupted, like it is now during this pandemic, we are at odds. And even when life is disrupted and we are at odds and then we have a pandemic and then we have a, a, a crazy political circus going on and then we have unemployment at the all-time highest. And when we have all these things happening in our life, we are so, you know, I can't believe this is happening. We are so ungrateful because things have not happened the way we wanted it to happen. Because things have been shifting and now as a result, we've, some people may have lost their jobs. Some people may have to be quarantined. Some people unfortunately may have lost loved ones. Some people lives will never go back to where it is. And I think we'll never go back to the normal that we knew before. But we take for granted that because he's God and he created everything that we don't have to tell him thank you. We are quick to tell him what he didn't do. Why you allowed this to happen to me? Why you allowed me to lose my loved one? Why am I the one get sick? Why am I the one that lost my job? Why am I the one my marriage didn't work? Why am I the one my children is on drugs? Or why am I the one my my, my brother's gay? Why? Come on, we, we got a laundry list of why, why, why. I'm grateful. We don't think about all the goodness, all the mercy, 
all the love, come on, all the things that he's done for us and yet doing, but we want to complain. And we're so ungrateful. We don't know how to tell him thank you. You know it. You go to the store and you buy things and you walk away from the cashier or somebody opens the door for you and you just walk through like, you know, they're supposed to. I mean, we have become so far removed from being grateful, from saying thank you. We can't tell God thank you because we don't we're not appreciative of just those that we see every day. We're not appreciative of those we encounter every day. Right in our homes, we don't tell each other thank you. Yes, I cook your dinner. Yes, I wash your clothes. Thank you, mom. Yes, I keep a clean house. Thank you. Come on. Yes, I work and help pay the bills. Thank you. It's just not what you're supposed to do. Yes, we know that. But thank you tells the person, I recognize, I appreciate what you've done, your effort, your energy, your dedication, your commitment, your love, because you see me. You took the time to see me and that translated into doing for me. And not just doing any old thing, but doing it the way I like. See, Drew seven, and I got to teach him at seven how to be thankful and just so you know, a few days went by and I, he, something else happened and I had to tell him again, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry, my thank you. So let's me know at a seven years old, he will forget. Can I tell you as grown folk, we forget. We have to be reminded in scripture. That's why you find throughout the text, amen, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. You got to be reminded. I don't care what looks bad. The Lord is good. Enter his gates. Come on with thanksgiving. Don't come in here complaining. Don't come in here with murmuring. Come in here with thanksgiving. Enter his gate with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful again. Be thankful. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Bless his name. You got to know how to give glory unto God. For he is he that's made us and not we ourselves. I want to challenge you to take inventory of your own self. Take inventory of your environment, your home. Are you one that walks and have the attitude of gratitude? Or are you just expecting things to be the way they are? And then when they're not, we hear from you. We hear from you. We hear your displeasure. We hear your dislike. We hear your ungratefulness. We hear your sarcasm. We hear your discontentedness. We hear it. But we never hear the thanks. I appreciate you. Because nobody has to do anything for you. Come on. This is a call today to provoke you to a posture of thanksgiving. Learn to tell God thanks. The scripture says in all things give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. You ain't thankful for what happened, but even in it, in the midst, in the midst of it, I'm going to find a way to say thank you. 
Because when you start giving thanks unto God and appreciating him, it'll lift your spirits. It'll lift your spirits. It'll start lifting up your head and it'll start lifting your thoughts. Come on. When you start thanking him and being thankful, you'll start seeing things differently. You start appreciating what you have and not focusing on what you don't. This is Lady T for another excuse you moment, charging and admonishing you to be thankful, to be thankful, to be thankful. Until next time, be well.